0: Dropbit Gaming.
1: Drop it. Gaming.
2: Drop it. Gaming. Drop it. Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine point one of the uh, Dropbit Gaming podcast. It's your host here, Lucas BQ four one zero. Sitting alongside me is Matt. G'day, Matt.
1: G'day. How's it going?
2: Very good. Self.
1: Fantastic. I'm exhausted, but uh, on with the show, as Lupe Fiasco says.
2: (laughs) Lovely. Quotes right off the bat. It's been a little while since we recorded, and that was actually uh, episode 9.0. We had a bit of a listen to it after me editing for a long, long time, and realised that it was shit. We didn't like it so we're doing it again and this one's going to be a quick fire one we've got a great interview coming up in the second half with Daniel Visser from Wicked Witch. Uh, Wicked Witch has basically just completed making the AFL game for the Wii so getting a few big things happening over there so we we'll have a good talk to Daniel about what he's been doing and what it takes to make a video game and what it takes to make a Wii game in particular so have a bit of a listen to that it, it is a good uh, interview so and leave us some comments. If there's any questions you think we missed out or anything, let us know, by all means. And if you like the interview and you like the podcast, go on and leave us some uh, reviews on iTunes. Anyway, cracking ahead. There's been a a few games coming out. So, Matt, uh, what have you been playing, mate?
1: What have I been playing? I finished Dragon Age 2, which is quite an enjoyable game. I'll get into that a bit more later. So it wasn't Um, the Warfest
2: that I expected.
1: Uh, it had its moments, <laughs> but it was generally I I liked nice. it. I'll probably play through it again on the PS3 if I get a PS3 to copy. Yep. But uh, I might give it a break on the on the old Xbox for a little while yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, because
1: <laughs> it was kind of a lot of I, hours. I punched through it very quickly.
2: And how quickly? Uh, how
1: many there? hours? Fifty, <laughs> fifty-three. It was fifty-three hours.
2: Holy crap! I couldn't do it. Yeah, I just could not make myself yeah. sit there for 53 hours and play it
1: yeah, all right, 53 hours isn't so bad but if you squish it into like a week and a half it's like what the fuck <laughs> man
2: <laughs> Surprise Ashley hung around
1: yeah well I kicked her out of the house
2: oh good <laughs> fair enough
1: I was like wench be gone
0: <laughs>
1: we're and out of beer and then be. I pulled out of my sword <laughs> I pulled out my sword <laughs> And she went, oh. went in front of my mother.
2: <laughs> hey <laughs> She ran away.
1: Yep. No. So uh yeah, Dragon Age two, what else? Um you know, I can't remember. Good. So that'll do Fantastic. me. Fantastic. I played some iPad games. I play actually Plants vs. Zombies on the iPod since we gave away a co- few copies the other day. Yep. Uh, I've been playing the fucking hell out of that game. Oh it's great fun, isn't it? But that's it. For
2: anybody who missed that, uh, we actually did uh, offer out a couple of them for the uh, PopCap sale that they had on for the victims of the the Japanese tsunami. So we got on board and offered out a few codes. Unfortunately, some of our mates in America, we couldn't actually get them to with the stupid fucking iTunes rules that they've got in place. But whatever. We'll make it up to you guys. Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, myself, I guess... Going on to the iPad first, I played uh, um, more of the Dungeon Hunter 2, which is a good game. It's you know, I've I'm, I'm been enjoying it a fair bit, it's not too bad. Um, Penguin Airborne, which is a very, very basic game, but it's a lot of fun. Pretty much you've got a line across the top, like a branch, and there's five penguins standing on top of it. You tap the screen, they jump off, and it's a race to the bottom. Um, you tap it. You know, at certain sections as they fall down, and a parachute pops out, and you've got to go from private to general. And it's, you know, you've got to win, you know, to knock out all the other four. And then you go into the next level, and there's about five levels anyway. So it's a pretty basic game, but it's pretty addictive.
1: Sounds terrible.
2: <laughs> it's addictive, and it's fun, and it's harmless, and it's quick, which is the beauty of it. So that was kind of fun. Uh, on the. That's true. Oh, and Plants vs. Zombies as well, because I still am very addicted to that.
1: Um, oh, um, one game that's really, really good for the iPad or iPod, Tiny Wings. I know lots of podcasts have spoken about it already, so I'll um, just say, if you haven't got it yet, get that shit, because it's awesome.
2: Good call. It is good. Uh, on the console, I guess, I've been uh, cracking through a bit of um, Bullet Storm. I got a bit pissed off because I hired Bulletstorm from the Civic down the road, and yeah, it kind of pissed me off because I really wanted to have a go multiplayer, and of course, being a hired game, I couldn't because I didn't own the code to be able to get online, and that just pisses me off, so fuck you assholes for not letting me play, anyway. And the other game I've been playing is something that's been spoken about a fair bit in the last couple of weeks, um, is Homefront. Now I did something that I've never ever really do actually is uh, I punched through Homefront in about a weekend, and you know, even other games that are shooters that I you know are only about five or six hours, I very rarely am able to sit down and play them for five hours over one weekend and I know that sounds kind of lame but uh, that's just the way it is so I kind of span it out over a, a decent amount of time but Homefront was different and I don't know if whether it was just a hell of a lot easier well, worth your time or... oh, <laughs> no I, I did enjoy it there were sections of the game that I really enjoyed uh, there were sections of the game that I thought were way too easy but overall I think I played it on normal because I just wanted to to punch through it pretty much, but it really was fairly easy. It seemed, in sections, a bit harsh, uh, but we'll get into a couple of those issues a little bit into this. Actually, fuck it. Let's go straight into it right now. Um, Okay. The Mortal Kombat was uh, unsuccessful in its appeal to get into our country. Now, I know this is something that Matt is extremely upset about because Matt's seen oh. sections of Homefront, and in comparison, um, emotionally, you know, there's a few things in there that are very, very touchy, and to a, a younger child or, you know, a younger teenager, can be a little bit confronting. So, more so that I think. It
1: can be confronting to anyone. Well, yeah. It could be confronting even to adults. Very
2: true. And more so than just, you know, random cartoony violence on a screen. So, I'll let you. Uh, you know, take the stage, I'll get out of the way because I don't want a copper spraying. So, <laughs> so well, sick.
1: The, the thing is, I don't mind the fact that Mortal Kombat has been refused classification. Just to just put that out there, okay? Because my problem is that the fucking rating system is a bloody joke. It's broken and retarded, okay? You get games like Modern Warfare 2 with no Russia, mowing down civilians with an AK in a friggin' airport, <laughs> right? That's allowed in. That's okay for 15-year-olds. 15 15 okay. Great. Yeah. Great. You get more Mortal Kombat not allowed, which is fair because if there was an R8, R18, if there was an R18 rating and it was still refused classification, then that would be ridiculous right true but I'm totally fine with it being an R18 game the problem is we don't have an R18 rating so we get games like Modern Warfare 2 Homefront with the shit that's in Homefront there's I don't know how the hell anyone can say that's okay for a 15 year old to be playing okay it needs to be R18 plus and I know people are gonna go oh it's not that bad it's it is that bad I agree let's be honest Mm -hmm. here. Okay? That shit is not appropriate for a 15-year-old.
2: It's not really a spoiler. That is... But, you know, just explain one of the sections at the very start of the game in well, the opening scene.
1: Okay, if we're gonna... If we're gonna explain that opening scene, I think we should give a spoiler warning because, you know...
2: It's part of the storyline. If it, you haven't seen it, you, it, you should. Yeah. You should, you should you know, And it would spoil
1: it. If, so, if you heard it before you've seen it and you were looking forward to seeing yeah. it, then you'd... You'd probably feel that it was spoiled, so spoiler alert just to avoid the spoiler conversation,
2: skip forward to twelve forty five
1: so within the first five minutes, the first thing that happens in the game is you are at home. Korea have already invaded America, and they come over to your house Korea, the nation comes over to your place <laughs> and
2: knock on your door
1: grabs you throws you in the back of a school bus or like a jail bus or whatever. It's like you're locked in this fucking back, sitting handcuffed in this fucking bus and you're looking out the window. You can control where your head's aimed, but you're hearing stuff from out the window so you're compelled to look out the window, right? Of course. So you look out the window and you see lines of people being, oh, well, you know, I guess just... Just ca- like herded. What would you say? Herded onto a, a yeah, cattle her- truck almost. basically they're like just lines of people here and there with soldiers training their guns on them and uh, one guy breaks away from a line and he gets shot in the head and the blood splatters on the window of your bus and proceeds to dribble down the window as you're driving along, which is lovely for a 15-year-old for a start. Yeah. That's, not adult, that's not adult at all. <laughs> uh,
2: and there's not so, just blood either. There was little chunks of, uh, you know, fragments of skull and brain as well, which were pretty full on.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, that's lovely. And then, you know, progressively, as you go, there's more fucking terrible shit that you see until you get to this point where there's a mother and father crouching against a wall yelling out, everything will be okay, right? Yeah, and you're like, oh, shit, mm. what's going on here? They're screaming. There's two soldiers aiming their guns at them, and a child standing behind the soldiers. The soldiers open fire, execute the mother and father in cold blood, execution up against the wall. Then they walk off, and the child runs over, screaming for their mummy and daddy.
2: And the two soldiers just drop put their weapons down and just walk off, don't even pay any attention to the child, Uh, just basically leave it there to fall to pieces,
1: I guess. Now, Now, you don't have to watch this happening, but you can't stop hearing it. Yeah. You can turn your head, you'll still hear it. And people have said, oh, it's not that bad, you know, whatever. It's pretty bad, okay? There's... If you're looking at a movie that had that kind of imagery in it, there's no way it would be MA 15 plus. Especially if you follow that up, that up with laying down in a fucking pit in a mass burial yeah, grave, yeah. which happens later in the game, right?
2: And that was pretty full on. There was that section where, you know, you walk into a, a, an old you know, football field and, or gridiron field and there's a mass grave with hundreds of bodies in it pretty much. So you go and, you know, lie down because the soldiers are coming back and you throw bodies on top of you. And for the next two minutes or five minutes of a cut scene that plays, you're sitting there with somebody's dead, rotting arm across your vision. And, you know, then... Pretty much, the uh, the soldiers believe that there's some people in there, so they open fire into this mass grave again. And it it it's just confronting. You know that that kind of stuff is, uh, as Matt said, it's not really for kids. I don't
1: agree with it either. Yeah. So I don't want people to get me wrong. I haven't played through Homefront. I've just seen what I saw when I was watching you play it. Yep. <laughs> My problem is the fact that the rating system is broken. There's games getting through that have no reason to be MA15+, and I know that sucks when those games get refused classification because we don't have an R18 rating, but that's the fucking way it is. The whole point of a rating system is to control or to provide guidelines for parents on what is okay for their kids to play and to watch. And without an R18 rating... They can't legitimately do that. Well, like, they could just ban everything. Yeah. You know, which would suck fucking real bad, but... At least if they'd be consistent. Yeah, so uh, basically we can just hope, right, that in July when they the SCAG meeting or whatever it is, the um, Attorney Generals will meet up, that they will... Pull their finger out and... Yeah, exactly. Um, and give us
2: an R18. Get that rating in. Yeah, that's right. At least it gives the ability to, you know, retailers to be able to monitor sales and to be able to do it properly. And, you know, it allows adults to be able to parents... play these games and parents to not allow their kids to play these games.
1: Exactly. When a parent sees something that's R18, they don't let their fucking kid buy it that's right. or play it. But if it's MA 15 plus, they'll be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, not too bad. And let majority of people would let them. I know a lot of people out there are going to go, well, no, uh, a good parent doesn't buy their kid a fucking game. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. But the majority of people out there don't know what the fuck they're buying for their children. That's exactly right. And if there's a big ass R 18 rating on it, they will not buy it because everyone knows what R 18 means.
2: And it kind of doubles no, up with uh, you know, the, the retailers selling those games as well. I mean, I've seen 12-year-olds go into an EB game and buy an M15 game off the shelf. The dudes don't even care. They don't even look at them. You know what I mean? Like It's like when kids go to the cinemas these days. You know They can go and see whatever the fuck they want. They don't get carded they don't, unless it's an R18. If it's anything less than an 18-plus yeah. movie, they don't even get looked at. And you know they could be you know, 13 and go and see a 15 plus movie, and no one even ever asks them because technically you can't even have ID until you're 18 anyway. So you know what's the point in even asking a kid if they have any ID? Because if they're not 18, really they're not going to have anything with their date of birth on it anyway. So they could just tell you whatever anyway. the fuck they want. So so
1: we'll we'll leave it at that because. It's- it's frustrating. Just, I feel like we're, we are just running circles. Until July, there's going to be keeping moments where we're fucking annoyed by this kind of shit happening. Yeah. Hopefully this I is just one want of the to last get off games. my chest that I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I really want to play Mortal Kombat because for nostalgia value and whatever. A lot of people out there are going, "Well, I don't even care if it's banned or not." Mm. And, well, that's great. Fine for you. But uh the thing that pisses me off is the un- imbalance of the fucking system yeah anyway so customs have put Mortal Kombat on their watch list they will be seasoned copies i heard a rumor today that play asia are not going to be sending any copies of Mortal Kombat to australia oh, there you go so
2: which is kind of fair, fair lucky. enough yeah got to expect that yeah well but they did say i mean they yeah, uh, the interview with the the head of customs Uh, had customer relations at customs or whatever, pretty much came out and said, you know, whether it's right or wrong, it is technically a banned substance in Australia so if you are caught bringing, you know, that into Australia, there is jail time, or, you know, there's massive fines, and it's being treated as a priority, and it's being watched for the simple fact that they know that people are going to be trying to bring this into the country So, it's fucking ridiculous. It's a game, for Christ's sake. And I understand that, you know, it's a violent game and it's been banned and all that kind of shit. But, you know, how much does it cost Australia now because it's been, you know, banned in the country? Instead of making
1: money. That is pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But anyway. So, that's Mortal Kombat. Unfortunately, we are not going to play it. And possibly... If you want to see it, I'm sure you can get on YouTube and see a thousand videos uh, playing the gameplay, but you're not going to actually be able to play it in this country legally for quite some time by the looks of things.
1: I think, yeah, anyway. So So we'll hit the quick um, quickfire news now. Yep. yep, fire away. Try and speed it yep. along. Okay, first of all, Arkham City had a release date announced. This was a little while ago, so if you've already heard this news... Get over it, B. You're gonna hear it again. <laughs> uh, October 18th in the US, I think it's the 20th or something in Australia. Yes, so that's great. That's pretty standard. Yep. It's pretty standard. October 18th is probably a Tuesday in America. Yeah,
2: most probably. And, and then it'll
1: be Thursday. We get yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, games get released on Thursday here, which is really yeah. only a day after America because of the time zones or right. whatever. It's delayed. Um, there's a there's a gameplay trailer for it. There will be a link in the show notes for that. So if you want to go check out the new gameplay trailer, it's fucking it awesome. Is. Valve threw down the litigation hammer on a guy who tried to sell his Steam account. <laughs> yep. He had, I think it was something like 1800 bucks worth of games nice. on his account. And he didn't want it anymore. So he decided to sell it on Craigslist or something like that. And Steam, uh, Valve found out about it and went, "Well, that's against the terms and conditions of usage that you signed up for when you signed up for the account." So they banned his account, and that's
2: something. That's so actually... he
1: lost those eighty dollars worth of
2: games. Yeah, which is bullshit. That's something that I brought up. Sorry to interrupt your fire news there, Matt. Um, I mentioned that a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago on on episode four, I think it was, and suggested the only way that you can resell. You know, games on Steam pretty much is purchase one game under a hotmail account and then you know pass that on to somebody else so that they can log in and the only way that they could really track it down is if it was through you know the i p s that you're logging on, which really you know could be anybody uh you could have just gone to another computer and logged on and you know downloaded it, but whatever this guy obviously had too many games on there, so it got noticed, and Steam got pissed about it so anyway. Got done.
1: Yep. So, uh, what else? Uh, by the way, this news is a little bit old. That's because we are redoing episode 9. We're doing episode 10 in a couple of days, so you'll get your hit of uh, <laughs> recent latest news <laughs> That's right. from us then in our new reformatted episode 10 and onwards Drop Gaming podcast. So, the last quickfire thing is that Runic Games released Torchlight on the XBLA, Xbox Live Arcade, and it's going gangbusters. Yep. Everywhere I look, people are talking about it, man. It's fucking... People
2: are loving it. Yep. It's got a lot of good reviews out there as well. So, if you haven't had a look at it, if you haven't even played it on the PC, then pick it up. It's good. It's a good game.
1: Get it. It's cheap as shit, man. It's worth yep. it. Get it. For sure. Okay, that's quick fine news done.
2: Boom. There we go. Now, as Matt mentioned, one of the games he's been playing is Dragon Age 2. So... I told Matt we'd give him a couple of minutes to go ahead and just let us know all about Dragon Age Two. Fire away.
1: Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to do the separate podcast episode with with philosophy, but uh, unfortunately, that fell through. We couldn't get we couldn't get all together because time zones and everything. Being busy, 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 busy. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought I'd do a bit of a roundup of the game here, real quick. Um, try to get through a few things that I want to talk about. Okay, so Dragon Age 2. Okay, you play this guy, Hawk, or a chick, depending on what gender you pick at the beginning. You can be either a wizard, a mage, sorry, a mage, a warrior, or a rogue. You are fleeing Lothering and Ferelden, which is the, Ferelden is the nation that the first, that uh, Dragon Age Origins is set in. And... Lothering is basically the first town that gets fucking demolished by the darkspawn. So, you and your family are fleeing, end up fleeing to Kirkwall, uh, which is another it, nation, I guess. It's in the Nation of the Free Marches, for those who are interested. <laughs> and, um, is any of
2: this a spoiler?
1: No, this is just the basic, basic basis of the story. Fantastic, alright. So, you flee to Kirkwall because your family had some standing there in the past. You get there, you find out that your uncle is a total douchebag and he fucking pissed away your family fortune on gambling or something like that. So that sucks. So there's three acts to the game. The first act is basically, to set the story for you, you are trying to raise money to go on an expedition. So you spend the next about 20 hours doing quests like, go here, kill this, kill this person for me collect this thing for me all pretty menial tasks which are kind of shitty the saving grace is of course the writing but for um conversation between characters
2: yeah which is and what Dragon Age is known know.
1: for I mean that, that's always been known for good storylines so yeah. well the, the back story the lore of the world and all that kind of thing kind of makes it pretty awesome so that's the saving grace to it and then um so you you go you got three main acts all about 20 hours each so it works out to be between 50 to 60 hours gameplay compared to Origins the graphics are way better it's just night and day the difference the gameplay I I find it hard to remember the um combat in Origins because it didn't really bother me until you know but then after I'd finished it and whatever I heard people saying how they hated the combat I thought it was okay because I didn't really play it for the combat I guess yeah. I play games like these for the story because if it's 60 hours you can't get too caught up in shitty combat because you're not going to make it mm-hmm. honestly true <laughs> uh, in terms of the gameplay like building your character up you the, the relationships with the people are all pretty good like it's well written the ability trees are really easy to navigate i mean it looks a little bit daunting when you first go in there but you know as does any system in any game i guess once you get used to it it's it is really quite easy to use uh the equipment system's been changed up a bit instead of getting armor for each member of your party you they all have their own set of armor that upgrades with level with each level automatically nice and you can pick up things you can find things like in each act maybe there might be one item for each person in your party which gives an upgrade for that uh, for that uh, their armor so do you uh, have to micromanage what? like you said
2: it upgrades but do you have
1: to micromanage most of that or any of that at all or can you well the the armor itself is automatic yep you pick up an upgrade for the army it automatically puts it on the armor. But which makes it handy because in Origins I found it gets to the point where you're like I'm fucking sick of picking up an item and having to compare it across all six people or four people or whatever across my whole everyone that I could possibly have in my party to make sure that who find out who it fits best sort of thing. Some people enjoy that kind of micromanagement. I'm... Not bothered by it, sometimes I enjoy it. Sometimes in a game like this on a console, I kind of prefer the kind of action side of it. It's a lot like Mass Effect in the action y kind of way. You micromanage rings, each character has two ring slots, a belt slot, and a necklace slot, right? So they're the things that you micromanage across all your party, but then your character has, of course. You know, heads, head, arms, legs, torso, armor pieces that you can upgrade. Yep. And, of course, there's weapon and shield that you can upgrade on each of your members, each of your party members as well. So it has a little bit of that, but it's not too um, extensive, which is good, I think. But the problem is a, a lot of the items are just called ring or amulet or necklace. You know, you could have 15 items all called ring, and some of them are fucking awesome, and some of them are shit. But a handy thing is that it has a star system for each item. So if you're in your main character, and your main character is a warrior, and you've just picked up a ring that's perfect for a warrior, and it's high level, so it's something really good, it'll be five stars. If you pick up something that's really awesome for a mage, it's going to be like one star or zero stars. So you might think, oh, that's a piece of crap. But then you go into your one of your mage party members and it might be five stars for them. So it makes it really easy to be able to quickly look and see if something's better or not. So that's the equipment system. I think it's pretty good. I like the new system. So um, it's a big upgrade? I have heard complaints about it, but that's from people who like to micromanage. You know, that's fine. Yep. Whatever you're into. Um, conversation system is... In origins, origins, you had a lot of choices and it didn't really specify which was good, bad, whatever. You kind of picked which one you thought was the best and dealt with the consequences, which a lot of people didn't like. Some, A lot of people, myself personally, I thought it was all right. You know, it, it adds to the mysteriousness of the game. Like, you don't know... Like, you, you see six options and you think, that's totally the best option to answer here. And then you say it, and then the person you're talking to might take it really fucking badly. <laughs> so They might love you for it. And you don't know until you say it, right? Whereas in Dragon Age 2, it has like, um, this is the good answer, this is the evil answer. And the one in the middle is like, a funny thing to say, like a cracker joke.
2: That's terrible.
1: So, it makes it really, really simple to be, it's basically Paragon or Renegade. You know, evil, good guy. Yep. So That's a shame. I don't know how much that makes, but some of the choices that you make in conversation, like there's those three main ones, but then sometimes you'll have multiple choices on how you react to your friend in one of your party members in the conversation. So you could end up causing the death of one of your party members by fucking up choices. That's nice. Not- <laughs> so... Yeah, no, it's but that's like that's you, real. It's lie. pretty obvious which ones are gonna, which ones are gonna screw your friends. over. Oh, okay. So like the choices, like if you uh, have someone in your team who, like, there's a guy Fenris, and he hates mages, right? And then there's a guy who oh uh, he's he hates mages. He thinks they should all be chained up and kept under control. Then there's a guy Anders, who is a mage. And he's totally against the chaining up of mages and thinks they should all be free, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you have both of them in your party, the banter for the banter between the characters is fucking hilarious the whole game through. Which, like I said before, is a saving grace of the menial tasks. Mm-hmm. Because as you're walking along, they have these funny conversations behind you. But um, if you have them both in your party, and you start a conversation with an NPC... ...about a quest or something... ...and something comes up about mages... ...you can pretty much guarantee... ...that whatever you say... ...is going to piss off one of your party members... <laughs> ...so you can, ...you know... ...it's pretty cool like that... ...questing... ...like I've already mentioned... ...it's kind of repetitive... ...the areas... ...the environments man... ...it fucking... ...replays... ...the same areas... ...all the time... ...there's got to be like... ...fucking... six different areas... And every time you go into a cave, it's standard cave. Oh, that's a shame. Right, standard cave map, except there's like, of all the tunnels in a cave, there'll be like doors at some, and in some caves, the doors won't open. (laughs) And in some, other doors will be closed, other doors will be open. so you kind of get separate areas. But, by the, seriously, by the time you reach the third act, you're like, fuck this, I've been in this same fucking area a hundred times, I can pretty much guarantee there's going to be a treasure chest down there, and there's going to be a monster over there, you know oh, what I mean? boring. So, yeah, that's kind of annoying. Uh, the story's fantastic in the game, already mentioned that. The battles, some of the battles dragged out, man, so bad, and I was a warrior, right, so I'll be on a, like a boss fight and the rest of my as I was playing on hard sometimes I would do the best I could to keep my team alive and they would still all die and I would be the only one left alive and then I would be like my warrior was strong enough that I could just keep fighting and having potions until the guy was dead but it meant that some fights took a fucking long time to beat <laughs> that's the whole purpose though <laughs> you know, it's the type of games that they are I suppose to do that but Yeah, well, I mean, there's tactics that you can use, like, to the tactics system that was in Origins, where you can basically go, okay, when this character reaches 25% health, make him drink a health potion. Oh, okay. That kind of stuff, which is handy. You don't really need to do it too much, though. I had it set up, a few custom things for my playthrough, but really, it has presets. So... Well, okay. It's doesn't require, I mean I guess on the even harder difficulty, I don't know what it is Nightmare maybe, might be called I think on Nightmare mode you might need to put that kind of thing to use more but uh, it's pretty pretty um, not really required in the earlier, in the lower difficulties Um, overall I think there's a a pretty good amount of replayability in it as you go through with other classes and try to get um, different people to be happy with you the ending I don't want to spoil it but uh, I liked it I've heard people say they didn't like it I thought it was fucking epic as but um, overall I think the game was really really good worth buying for sure any game that you can get 60 hours of fun play through play time out of is worth yeah, buying definitely in my book. Yeah. So, unfortunately I like, agree with fan, you on that one yeah, if you like Mass Effect 2, or you like Bioware RPGs, get it. If you liked Dragon Age Origins, chances are you'll probably like DA2. I guess we can leave it at that, I guess. Really. Fantastic. I, oh, one thing is, I think the difficulty curve from normal to hard to nightmare, I think hard is considerably harder than not normal. I don't know what the curve up to nightmare is. But it's a big ass jump between normal to hard, so...
2: Why do you think they did that? Any idea?
1: Not thinking.
2: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That that didn't
1: play. I mean... If you're going to have four fucking difficulty settings... You... Why not pace them? Yeah. Evenly. Why not... Like... If something's too hard for you... On hard... And you have to... You can turn it down to normal with no repercussions. There's no... I'm pretty sure there's no trophy for beating the game on Nightmare. Okay. Or no achievements. So you can play it on Nightmare and then hit a hard boss and just turn it down to casual, which is lower than normal. Wow. And there's no repercussions. It doesn't even reset the f- boss fight. It's just like...
2: Just bang and then you're on to an easy yeah. one. So, wow. All right.
1: There you go. So... A bit of not But anyway... Would you give it a score? Out of ten. Um, um I'd probably give it a nine. The story saves it. The the only like I said, the only real complaints I have is the repeated environments and that doesn't even bother me that much because you're too busy trying to survive on hard mode to fucking worry about repeating areas. I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> and um Overall, the combat system works well, I think. Apart from it being taking a long time for some of the fights. But that's only because I was too stubborn to restart the fight. That's <laughs> my tactic. I was like, I'm not restarting. Oh, God, no. You don't have to go and do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... so Whatever. That's part of... Some games are fucking awesome like that. They're so hard that you have to keep trying and trying and trying. True. Fucking iPod game creators make a fucking career out of making games like that yes they do anyway so that's dragon Age 2 get it if you like rpgs good work nice
2: all right well uh it's about that time and i think we should uh just have a quick break and then when we uh, come back after the interview uh we'll just do a bit of house house cleaning and uh also let you guys know the winners of our, uh, our Gamebook Adventures 5 competition that we had, and some questions that were sent in. So anyway, in the meantime, enjoy the Daniel Visser interview, and we will see you soon. Okay guys, welcome back to uh, the second half of the podcast. Uh, as we alluded to in the first half, uh, we, we do have a fantastic guest for an interviewee in the second half here. We've got, uh, Daniel Visser from Wicked Witch, who are just, uh, looking to bring out a fucking awesome sounding game. Uh, I can't wait to get my hands on it. So, uh, mate, uh, first of all, I'll let you introduce
0: yourself, Daniel. Hey, g'day guys. Good to be, good to be chatting with you. Thanks for having me on, uh. Fucking awesome game! That was a pretty good intro. Thanks. Uh, you've obviously obviously played it. Um, to, to tell to tell how good it is. Mate, I don't have to. If it's got anything to do with <laughs> AFL, I'm keen. It is, it is pretty awesome though. You you are you are right. Um you, You've hit the, nail, hit the nail right on the head.
2: Well, it's uh, it's starting to get a bit of uh, hype around it now. So, you know, I'm, right. I'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on it. So, yeah, it'll be good. Of, it's uh, fine,
0: it's right, it's, uh, yeah, it's finally finished, took, took, took a while, but um, yeah, we're, we're really happy with the result and the opportunity to be able to make it, and um, let's let everyone play it and uh, buy it, and uh, we'll just keep improving on it into the future. Yep,
2: that sounds fantastic. I guess just to start off, mate, uh, give us a bit of a background on Wicked Witch, and uh, you know, where did I you guys like come from?
0: Yes. Do you want the the long version or the, the short version?
2: <laughs> give us the long version if it's too much. Yeah, right. Well, uh, say give us the well, short
0: one. Yeah, right. You know, when I was born, I could start, <laughs> start from there if we want. But actually... Just before actually, you were was, born, actually. Just start like a couple of months. Just, yeah, that's right. My parents, <laughs> when I was a sparkle in my father's eye, um, he didn't even like video games, actually. Both my parents were born... Before video games, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. So as as a kid, I, I got a computer when I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Like, people my age probably would have uh, born in the 70s and uh, in the early 80s got like a Commodore 64 or a home machine like that. So I was kind of into video games ever since a kid. So I was kind of just making video games right up through high school and, uh, you know, never too awesome at maths back then or anything in particular, but seemed to just uh, spend hours and hours behind the computer. I think my parents are pretty happy getting me a computer because uh, I seriously was uh, locked in the back end, locked myself in the back end of the house and just kind of hammered away and just loved games, loved video games and, you know.
2: Yep,
0: kept you off the street. Yeah, that's right. It did keep me off the street. (laughs) Um, That's right. I did learn to ride a bike though, (laughs) as well. Um, You're (laughs) multitasking. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, You know, play a little bit of football, but mainly a video game out, um, you know, until I started making my own when I got a bit older and discovered... I thought that I got into it in a big way, like Dungeons & Dragons, games like that, and, uh, you know, started making board games. Even Monopoly played a shitload of Monopoly uh, over my... Uh, later teen years, would you believe? Um, did you ever
2: get into? I mentioned this a few episodes ago in the podcast. Did you ever get into the um, Marvel kind of Dungeons and Dragons type uh, tabletop game? I
0: I had that. I got that for Christmas one oh, year. did you? Never, wow. never, never played. Never played, <laughs> never played it for years and years and years. And then eventually, when I learned what Dungeons and Dragons was, and realised that that was a version of it. Um, yeah, I did play that. Oh, that rather, was awesome. Yeah my brother is totally into into the online ones uh, that are oh, out now.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. DCOU well. or UO whatever. That's it right. Is. There,
0: yeah, there's there's been there has been a couple in, and yes the new one whatever it is is uh more official than some some of the past ones. So mm-hmm. kind of, kind of got in, yeah. Kind of got into them, played chess, played I don't know, just yeah, played uh cards as well, always like playing poker and stuff like that, so being pretty obsessed, I guess you could say. Now, now I've mentioned it like that. I guess, I guess I was. Uh, I, I became became a programmer after high school and um, went and worked at a at a game studio. Pretty well, um, Taurus Games it was when that when they were young. Another Australian developer that's still going at yep. the moment. I worked there for a few years out of college. Then worked at Melbourne House for. A few years, I wanted to work at Melbourne House when I was a kid because I saw there was a Melbourne House. It was like the oldest studio in Australia, I think, uh, until recently. Um, It's been around for like 25 or 30 years, Melbourne House was. So I got a chance to work there for a few years as well. And eventually, after about six or so years in the industry, I thought uh, a few people were talking about making their own studio and uh, people had demo projects going at home and stuff like that. And I had one of those which was a Game Boy game, I remember. <laughs> game Boy was uh, pretty massive, actually. It was Game Boy Mono when I started it and because uh, I was in love with um, Warcraft 2 in particular. and a Warcraft plan. The LAN era, yeah, that's right. Um, the LAN era was uh, pretty substantial. I, I always had a network at home wherever I lived and, and worked. I always had a LAN at home, and not that we had lamp parties and so forth. Although I did go to a few of those. We there was always kinda of games going around. So my home project was to make a a Warcraft clone on the Game Boy because uh, I'd programmed a heap of Game Boy games already at Taurus um like uh Jurassic Park and um Dragonheart and a few uh, movie titles there so and you had to program in Assembler on um the Game Boy so I wrote one of those, and then I thought, all right, um, this is pretty cool. I might go out and s- try and sell it. So at that point, I left uh, left working in the industry with those guys and kind of started Wicked Witch. Yep.
2: So what, that, what, what about what year was that?
0: Uh, that was – I actually left with that War Monster prototype in like about 99, 2000, the turn of the millennium, I thought I felt was a prompt you know, time yep. to do that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, um, the millennium bug didn't really happen. So, um, <laughs> you know, I thought everything was going to be all right. So about that, at that time I decided to start, start the studio just uh, from my house.
2: Wow. That would have been uh, a bit of a shock to the system at the time.
0: Um, yeah, kind of, kind of was, it was actually quite liberating really not um, having to go to work so much and, um, actually being able to be in control of my own projects and, uh, uh, you know, I could just do big sessions and work around the clockwork all day, all night, or day, all night kind of thing, <laughs> and just, mm-hmm. and just knock, o- knock over projects and build build our build our tech and stuff like that. Just programmed out for a couple of years, and you know we did we did a few titles uh, on ga- on Game Boy actually through a UK company, then um, and uh, I hooked up with a good mate from high school um, who uh, I told him he should become a video game artist. There's a, he was my mate and I needed one and he, was, <laughs> and he was, he's a talented artist. So, uh, um, yeah, I eventually, um, worked with him over, over the years. He was always the kind of, um, art side and I was the numbers side to the outfit for, I don't know, five years, I suppose. We were pretty small. We grew, we got, we had a couple of young guys who, um, we got on, which was, uh, which is really good because, um you know, we'd been in the industry six years and it had been about four or five years we'd done our own title. So it had been about ten years since we'd been out of college and uh, shit changes in ten years, I noticed. <laughs> like, yeah, it sure does. Don't hang around. Yeah, to put it in, you know, when I tell people it wasn't that long ago, but, you know, the games I worked on at Taurus, we didn't really use the internet and because uh, you know, it wasn't available. Windows 95 was just coming out. We we wow. used Do, DOS and then moved so we were developing games, you know we had to use um BSB modems and send the builds overseas, stuff like that. So when these when we got these new guys and it only been like yeah, like I said, ten years, twelve years or something like that, um, all of a sudden they were um you know, they they kind of pwned us. They power owned us. <laughs> tried to, or or tried to, and they were in here just going, you know oh, look at these shit PCs, you've got to get the latest fucking Radeon, blah, 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 video card, you know, um, you've got to get this, you've got to get, you know, wait, wait, um, you know, it's got to be Cat 5, everything's got to be Cat 5, and you need a better modem, huh? blah, 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 blah. And um, so instead of kind of uh, resist that, because we'd been making games for quite a while, we uh, kind of made the decision to embrace these, these young, young dudes and, uh, you know, kind of make sure that we always kept up to date with what was going on. And we kind of, so we would rationalize everything with them. We were like, all right, tell me why that's way better. Tell me. And you know, and you know, they were smart young guys. So we, we, we chose, we chose a few of them who were still with us today. Um, now, now they're getting in uh, the younger guys. We're doing the same, same thing with the next, the next generation. But uh, we got a bunch of those guys in and um, just worked. Yeah. Kept working as a small outfit for, of about half a dozen people for uh, a bunch of years. Did a heap of PC titles.
2: Yeah, I see you've uh you've been claimed to about fifty games all up.
0: Well uh, yeah, that's right, games all up. I'm I'm not actually sure on an exact title. There's been so much so much stuff in the time. Like we've done about five five console titles on our own. We've worked on a bunch of other console to- titles, done ports of like Pony Friends and Space Chimps and jump worked on titles like Jumper and been involved in all sorts of different ways on um, old, older projects or around the traps in, in Victoria and in, in Australia, working with our other buddy developers who we all know from uh, back in the day. Um, so, you know, 10, a dozen console titles, I guess we could, which have been involved in. Handful of uh, value PC titles, but the main one that claim I get to say 50 is because uh, we had a bit of a boom in the mobile time because, um, you know, Everyone remembers their Nokia handsets. Yeah. You know, not that I'm trying to reminisce all the time, but it moves pretty quickly really. Cause, uh, there was a few years where we were doing Java games for that Nokia, when Nokia were the king and, uh, they had, um, a whole heap of other handsets at that generation. And everyone was embracing downloadable content from your telco and stuff like that. And, um, we teamed up with Telstra and we did AFL and NRL games on um, on mobile with Telstra early on during that period, and we also just made a just a heap of mobile games um, of different kinds, RPGs, tank games. Uh, you know, we've 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 got a bunch actually that you can you can still get from from Telstra for uh, for all those handsets. Wow! Um, heaps of different clients release release them all over the world as well. In uh, uh, throughout Europe, through content aggregators, did heaps of um, heaps of ports of classic titles for some companies like uh, Paperboy and um, Bomb Jack and Alien vs Predator and yeah, a heap of mobile titles. I can't, I re- totally can't remember. Of course, uh, yeah, we run out of can... fingers, so that's fair it's, enough. You it, it's it's terrible? It's like all these multimedia projects in between and web stuff because you know. We kind of never turned down a job really we were always up for, for, for doing whatever being a small company so we did it all oh, really mm
1: mm-hmm. so out of your 50 games which would you say is the favorite that you've made which one did you enjoy the most yeah. that's a uh, that's,
0: that's a that's a tough, one. tough one. It's like which, yeah, which one which one am I happiest with which one I enjoy the most I mean you know it's fun to throw a game together quickly and it, to be silly and you know to just uh, make up crazy stuff and we did a project called melody mars uh on for pc in about 2002 2003 and that was uh that was fun on a creative level because we really got to just uh you know e- expand the idea of games and it was um an arts related project kind of thing for demonstration so it was a you know um creatively that that was a really fun to do uh ones we were you know happy with um and proud of, I suppose, uh, are probably more in recent times where we've had better budgets to do better games. So our DS titles, at the end of the day, I think, yeah. uh, still hold up pr- pretty well. Uh, they always ran pretty quick, and you know had pretty good frame rates compared to than in the, the leaning Nintendo games and so forth. I thought we did a pretty good version on our first engine for uh, for the for the DS games, and uh, we also crammed a lot of content. It was a creative project as well where. You're a mascot. You were the sports mascot, and you went on an adventure through 3D World. So, had a bit of leveling up of your character and special abilities. So, it had a bit of a RT, uh, you know, a um, bit of a role-playing kind of angle as well. So, to answer your question, I think it's uh, mascot Manor and mascot Mania on uh, DS and DSi were probably the best so yeah. far. <laughs> AFLW, <laughs> is going to be going to be close though. That's um, that's probably the highest. Quality project we've done as well, so it's tight between those.
2: Well, I'm certainly looking forward to having a go. So, Mm.
0: well, you know, we we put a bit of love love into the into the Wii one. Uh, You know, most people who fell in love with the Wii fell in love with that first sports pack. You know, Wii bowling and um, tennis and so forth. How are you guys? Did you did you experience that Wii revolution?
2: Yeah, yeah, I sure Mm. did. Yeah, I've I've got a bunch of kids, so you know, getting the Wii was um, you know, pretty much a given, I suppose. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I want them to be involved in playing games as well, like I am, but uh, I can't really sit down with my, you know, at the time, my four-year-old and play a game of Call of Duty or something like that, so <laughs> I thought it'd be better to yeah, get a, get the Wii, and uh, you know, we started you off... Win- <laughs> well, I started off with a couple of those sporty games on, on the Wii, and the kids loved it. But uh, now we've got the Kinect as well, and, yes. and sadly the uh, you know, both of them don't get as much play as they used to. So mm. it'd be nice to you know, get back in with the Wii, I suppose, and give it another crack.
0: And this yeah. seems like the perfect title for it. it yeah, that, you know, and that's the way we've looked at the Wii. We're pretty fond of the Wii as well. So we've kept this title... As as we you know as we can um, you know we've brought in a, you know the things that you liked about bowling and using the remote properly and you know being able to roll 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 your direction and stuff like that those kind of core things we've kept and we've also embraced what's happened with um, a lot of Wii titles and the way they kind of um, fun it up with um, mini contests and you know waggle fests if you want and mm-hmm. that kind of thing mini games as well you know a pretty important part for Wii and right from the start we were like well. We have to have some mini some some mini games because you know um, the it it suits the Wii uh, too much. To to me, I would be disappointed if um you know if I were to play a Wii title, especially of a sport that I love, and not get something that is unique for the Wii out of it. So we've done our our, our best where we can in um you know it's been and, and it's tough, but um you know we've we've definitely uh you know thought about what we would do and had a concerted effort to get all those features in there, which which we did.
2: I'm actually really looking forward to getting on there, knowing that uh, you know we're running the footy comp through the the dropper gaming website, and playing out a couple of rounds, and just seeing uh, seeing how it plays out. I, I might use it. I might start up part of the uh, the you know, footy tipping comp can be the game. God, that is, that's a yeah. good
0: idea. I'd be interested to see how it fares. That's yeah, right. yeah, it'd be good fun. We even um, we managed to get a team editor in there, so you can actually update it as it goes as well, and um, put in approximate stats for the teams as they come and go which would uh oh great if, if you if you're hardcore
2: <laughs> does any of that upload automatically you yeah, know can you
0: can no you, you can't really do that on the wii it's not really a yeah. largely supported feature because yeah. uh the poor wii doesn't have any storage on board yeah the device really is to uh yeah store your game and patch oh, with the team manager thing is
1: like if we're talking about doing it week by week is there a way of Taking out players who are injured and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, yeah. You, you you can you can do a fair bit with the team editor. You can certainly swap players between teams, and uh, also just uh, edit, edit their stats completely and change their name, and you know make them represent the the new dude who's in the place. So you could update it as the season as the season went, and yeah, you could do simulations and see how see how it pans out.
2: Well, that would be interesting bring, actually. Because bring like Abblet. To... Yeah, let's bring
0: Ablet back to the Cats.
2: That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go into the Suns and get some. Well, yeah.
0: Oh so yeah! So you could do one version of the game that is um, the current one. Then you could also do a do a fantasy one where you all got to make up your own team of uh, you know past players and put them in. Make, so you can make your own team and see who does the best. Make, make a party
1: team with like Fev and Ben Cousins and. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be no white
2: lines left on the football field. <laughs> uh, that's terrible, isn't it? What a bad joke. A yeah, I, look,
0: yeah. I'm not going down, down those roads with you guys. <laughs> no, knock yourself out. Yeah.
2: Everybody likes a good cocaine joke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's right. that's that's hell especially, especially the kids. <laughs>
1: that's right. Um, at Wicked Witch, how many staff do you have employed full-time and do you outsource anything?
0: we've got um we've got a, about a dozen core guys who are full time doing the grind um you know um working on the on the various projects those guys can handle you know one two three or four projects depending on exactly how they're positioned but we also do have um you know a couple of handfuls of um guys that we use um that we've known in the industry for a long time uh for doing art resources and we team up with other art studios if the title's really big. Um, we, you know, we we can do that. Usually, guys that we know locally, as well. And also, same with our QA, we have a we have a kind of pool of um, guys that come in and uh, work and uh, for hire and uh, focus groups that come in. We even have high school students as well that we uh, bash over the head with the game as well and make sure we check what the what the kids are thinking. So you know there can be quite a few you know up to up to a team of 30 going on 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 one or multiple projects getting the kids involved yeah got to get the kids involved
2: having a look at all the the bios and things like that um you know you you pretty much had a, a big year in 09 um you know something about nine games being released in have so, been. <laughs> it sounded like it was a pretty big year Looking through the list, there was a lot of o nines mentioned in there, but um you know since you know or now through or getting you know into the almost the second quarter of uh, of eleven now has the a f l game been your your big focus for the last twelve months?
0: yeah, you certainly could say that that's um that's pretty spot on it was uh i think since yeah 0-9 and ten were all pretty big pretty big for us and but you know it's it's i i lose track easily when you're dealing with calendar years and financial years. And you've got multiple projects that kind of start at different times and overlap with each other. And, uh, you know, there's a difference between when the team finishes the game and, um, it eventually goes through submission and is tested and comes out and maybe they'll even sit on it and wait for the advertising promotions to come out and so forth. And so it can be way later than it's in stores that you finish. So, all of those things make it a <laughs> bit of a crazy blur actually in the end uh, but certainly we, we remember it in just uh, in order which project we loosely did started first and finished <laughs> next <laughs> but it's it's tough to nail down what which uh you know even which quarter let alone which year it was but um yes afl did start uh, more than 12 months ago uh, there were when, from early talks about it until uh it, it eventually coming out now so uh yeah it's been over 12 months we've been working pretty hard on it and uh it it was lucky enough to yeah to get a decent amount of qa and a decent amount of love for um for what it is so yeah, yeah it's been all we've been listening you know we've been listening to the commentary of the game and the music of the game for uh you <laughs> know day in day out so.
2: <laughs> a good twelve months. Lots of, lots of Stephen Coiderman.
0: Oh, over and over and over.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: going through like I so said, going through the bio, obviously you've done you know a lot of stuff on pretty much you know, every platform in a way you've touched on. A lot of platforms. Which one has probably been your more favourite to, to work with as a uh, as a, a console or platform?
0: i my instant reaction is to say PC, and Xbox 360, potentially. Only because I don't know, you're very familiar with the hardware and it's uh, it's pretty open and straightforward. But uh, when you deal with consoles, you're talking about very specialized chipsets and um, features that, that are on... And hardware, you know, mics, dual screens, and whatever, it's all highly customized kind of stuff. And yeah. uh, each one has to be cut, coded for differently... And so forth. So, uh, while the, while they're fun, and uh, you know, from a programming perspective, it's, it's a challenge to squeeze a game onto these uh, these computers, uh, such as DS, and you know, um, especially non-floating point processes, blah blah blah, non-linear memory uh, <laughs> management. You, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, those kind of things <laughs> make PC. Uh, uh, a bit easier and a bit more straightforward and hence you can kind of uh, get on get on with what you're doing as opposed to struggle's not the right word. Uh implement or yeah, get the game get the game into the best format for the hardware. Yeah, of is, course. Yeah.
2: It's that pretty tough. Sense. It's kinda yeah. tough.
0: You have to research each machine and develop your engine for it as it comes in and you know, know how much memory and put it's got and yeah and then there's all the technical nintendo themselves and sony put you know a whole heap of regulations on them and you have to meet their standards and so forth as well so
2: so are you but, saying that nintendo actually have standards with all the uh games that they put out
0: <laughs> yeah that's right uh they sure do yeah, they've got they've got heaps you'd be surprised wouldn't you uh well,
2: yeah with some games i'm sure yeah
0: well i think for them a lot of it comes down to uh, making sure the system doesn't crash like you can't have a game that's made because the game has to work tightly with the operating system that's there and you just can't have a game that has a bug in it where it goes and uh, erases all the data off of all the other games yeah fair enough Mm -hmm. or something that just makes a disc spin at a crazy speed and and wear wear out the head on the on the thing, or uh, doesn't give people epilepsy when the screen flickers. It's like those kinds of things. Wow. The, the actual game, the actual game is is not what they're looking at as far as their uh, technical requirement checklists we call them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that we have to meet. So you know, PC is way more open than that though. So you can kind of do what you like, mm. de- depending. Yeah.
1: With making the AFL game for the Wii, how does it compare to when you made the PSP version? I've read somewhere that it was just the PSP one was kind of a short development period and sort of quickly done. Um, was yeah. So how does how will it
0: how will the new game compare to that? Yeah. Well, there's some vast differences <laughs> is the best way to say it. There's some massive differences really. That game, I think, had a one one season and um, just a few stadiums. I think it was only meant to have one stadium, but um, we actually put a couple of extras in there because we had tested a few and stuff. Uh, so we put them in there, and it was um, uh, yeah, it was basically uh, meant to be. and was just a kind of a quick match type game that um, came with your PSP. So that was uh, our mandate to create the game, and I think it was going to be originally even. 2D and based off our um, mobile versions, but uh, we decided, uh, yeah, we were able to make it 3D in the time, which may or may not have been a good idea, uh, because 3D is usually more complex than 2D because it's a whole extra D that you have to deal with (laughs) at the time.
2: Uh, And that D costs a lot of money too. (laughs) It's
0: it's right, it's a worse D. That's right, the fourth, (laughs) the fourth D is a bitch. That costs.
2: It a of fortune, I don't even just think you'd be able to carry it around by that stage just yeah, getting into that.
0: yeah. <laughs> so th- yeah so the the third d called, yeah um we put into the that one, uh, but the game was still really just a a quick match style game with the, yeah. the AFL teams the wii one is completely different, the wii one has like career manager, a leader, uh, mini games, a player creator, a team editor, uh, you know, um, tutorials and, <laughs> um, commentary and, uh, you know, all official stadiums and over 150 teams in it. And, uh, you know, um, it was, uh, and it went for, I think, I think we did the challenge games in a, I don't know, it was around four months, uh, ish, um, uh, compared to this game, which has had, uh, Dare I say closer to eighteen months uh, work put in. So yeah. we didn't really we didn't really use anything from that challenge game. We just um, you know we set out yeah. to do something pretty different with this one. So
1: I just want to throw back to where you said one hundred and fifty teams before. Oh yeah. Um, what are the teams? <laughs> I mean, obviously you've got the, the standard teams. Is there VFL and stuff like okay. that?
0: We pushed hard. And, um, that's right. And, uh, we looked at all the AFL games that had been made in the, in the past, you know, the ones we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, the, the, the Sony ones in especially that long, that long line of them. And, um, yeah. and we really, you know, and for me, um, you know, liking football as a kid from, you know, the early eighties and so forth. Uh, I think it was still VFL even then potentially, uh, shit. I can remember probably the AFL coming in and, so there was a bit of a legacy kind of thing going on there and we we just all all felt strongly about having the VFL in there especially if we we're going to do a career manager uh, and we wanted to progress through um you know have a, have a, have a career version from under 18s you know into the VFL and uh, so forth so we've got uh, it's actually pretty cool that it's very it, it's very cool and we we Does it have a draft? Yes it does we 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 went to that length as well see Hell yeah we That's even did awesome. we, we even did like three three-way trades and uh you know some things like that which are, are features that are hard to put in because you know you're you're, you're up against timeline restrictions and stuff but we yeah. pushed um, the whole time and we you know we had the support of um True Blue as well those guys were you know um were cool to have a, a good career manager and so forth in the game and play editor and so f- and stuff as well uh so there there's even a uh, we we've gone through so many iterations of um which leagues and teams are in uh over that whole time because there have been teams that have been in and out and uh some we could get the rights for and some we couldn't get the rights for and um it's been a massive road actually just to get what what we got in uh so yeah there's quite there's quite a few that um Quite a few to check out. You might find your local team in there even if um, depending from where where you come from. Well, that would be interesting. That's
1: pretty cool. Yeah. That sounds really, really cool I think especially for the massive fans, you know, like all the people in Victoria who really, really are in-depth following all the little teams and they've got their their family members in, in teams
0: and stuff like that. That's right we yeah we did we we did as mu- as much as we uh, absolutely could we would have done we would have done a heap more um if if we could have but um yeah time constraints yeah oh mate you know when you got to get every pair of socks approved for, for every club and you know yeah. down to that down to that detail it uh, it gets pretty crazy I can oh, imagine cool. yeah that's, that's some guy's job to you know make sure the socks are right for example <laughs> Exactly. Talk to to that dude, and he'll be like, "Oh man, I had to struggle through all those socks. Bloody hell! (laughs) Don't even get me started on the
2: shorts." (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing I I wanted to ask about. um, You know, the you know, as as we are pretty much big fans of of the AFL, and there's so many out there. um, How hard is it to make a game like actual gameplay around all the variables and all the different play types? And I mean, that that was always the struggle from. What I could see of the games, you know, the original games that have been made on the
0: AFL. That's, yeah, sure. That's a good, good question. We we certainly spent a lot of time talking about that. You don't realize it actually, you know, because it's you know it it's footy. It's yeah. uh, you know AFL that everyone knows and you're familiar. You played it, played it yourself as a kid and everything like that. So you know it so well mm. that um, you don't actually realize that when you go and compare it up against another sport, it accidentally happens to have. Fucking five times the amount of rules associated
2: with it. Yeah, Yeah. and the other thing as well, like on that, is uh, you know, some one of the best, I suppose, sporting games for the consoles is the soccer games because they're very regimented and they they can be played in such a way that position on position type thing. But AFL is so fucking random; it's all over the field constantly.
0: Even just look at it. That's absolutely right. Even just look at it at the amount of moves that are are available to you. Like mm. you know, when the ball's coming your way, you know, you're allowed to kind of hip and shoulder and push out of the way. You know, yeah. you you can punch, you can tackle, you can you know um, just do all these moves that you know in a game like soccer or hockey or even basketball. Um, you know, it's pretty well the same thing over and over. But uh, yeah. It gets horribly complicated just with the amount of things that you can do and that the opposition can do one at any one time. And then um, you know, on is the metagame of uh, all the actual rules and the line calls and the fact that the game has to have a bazillion umpires on the field, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's right. You don't you don't realise that going in. Uh, over the years, doing quite a few AFL games, we've um, yeah we've. Uh, Learned actually how intricate it gets, and you got you got to compare the rule book because you know we we get to talk to the AFL and research the, the rules, and then what the the way the umpires interpret the game is something completely separate as well. And there are rules in there that never get called up, and and rules in there that are subtle that end up becoming quite predominant. And the game's changing from year to year as well. Um You know they're bringing in new rules and new calls and so forth as well. So. It's tough like that, compared, that's right. Yeah. Um,
2: now, that, that's understandable. suppose yeah, it would have yeah, taken a lot of time to put all that together.
0: Yeah, it's a, just a bonus for <laughs> for our great game, I guess. It just happens to be pretty damn complicated. Yeah,
2: it makes it so original.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does, it does. Uh, one of the other guys at the office uh, puts it a good way, and he he says, just try and explain the game to someone who doesn't know it. Oh, Jesus. And then Uh, you'll be confronted with some some of the issues.
2: I remember uh, Hulk Hogan was actually at the footy last year, um, and they interviewed him, and it was about half-time, and he said, I've been watching this game for two hours, and I still don't know what the hell's going on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But he said, I love it. (laughs) Pretty common international reaction. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a lot of of people still get into it because it's still... Has a fair bit of contact and has a few, quite a few unique things about it. Still,
2: mm, it's a pretty crazy game to watch, especially coming yeah. from a country where you know the only contact sports they have are you know, massive men covered in you know, multiple layers of padding. So <laughs> yeah, it's a bit different to that.
1: We're we're we going to go into this a little bit a, a little bit later on, but um the the iOS game that you're going to make, the rugby union one, is that going to be Australian or international or uh,
0: that's a good like question. Australian
1: teams? Predominantly, you don't know it yet, or
0: yeah. Well, that's right. I I can only say so much, but it is going to have uh, an international focus um, as well. But of course, you know, certain Australian New Zealand teams might get uh, well represented in amongst that as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, right, well, it's good. It's good to have international. Uh, we include an international league in um, in the AFL even because there is one. So um, we. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we put a bit of an international league in that, so we're looking forward to doing an international league on the rugby game. Hell yeah,
2: fantastic! I don't
0: have to buy a bloody Wii now.
2: Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you can just come over here and use it. So you have to get oh, a pen. yeah. Suppose, yeah so. You
0: have to get yeah. an yeah. iPhone, could... iPad, and Android
2: yeah. as well. well. Well, I'm sure we've already mentioned it in the first half, but uh, yeah, Matt's now got himself an iPad. I got I got one last week. Um, and Matt came over and used it for about half an hour and then went out and bought one. <laughs>
0: just couldn't is it, help. Is it the, two, is it the iPad 2? No, not yet. No. No, no, no
2: unfortunately. Uh, is, 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 that's, I could that's, that's just out,
0: right? Uh, yeah, no, it'll, it'll
2: be, be out, be out a by few the
0: time weeks, this basically
2: yeah. comes out. I think it won't be long off, but uh that's
0: Yeah.
2: Mate, uh, I know you, you've just gone out to see the guys, uh, the band Play. How did you hook up with uh, Bug Dust?
0: Ah, that's right, the Bug Dust guys. Well, uh, actually, that good friend, that talented artist and musician I was talking about earlier is, um, is a guitarist of Bug Dust. So they're local and he's local and I'm local. So, um, yeah, we've all kind of been friends for a while. So... Really, when it came, you know, those guys have been pretty active and have a good local reputation for, a, you know, kill a killer live show and they're they're pretty pretty Aussie and pretty rock and yep. so forth. So um, when it came to making this game, um, it was a pretty obvious choice actually that uh, you know um, they they should do the music for it, yep. uh, which which they, they were all over and happy happy to do and it suits, suits their stuff really really well. So. Um, yeah, they ended up being being the theme um, right right through. There's there's a bunch of tracks in there of the of the Bug bugdust, Bugduster soundtrack, which is a, an album called Beyond Blues that is just being released now as well. So we got lucky enough to get a bunch of those tracks um, in the game, special edits without vocals and and so forth. So they uh, they knew what they were doing and uh, helped us out. Awesome. Good blokes they are.
2: So we can expect a good of a good bit of uh, you know, hard
0: rock. Absolutely. It's right, it's kind of pretty balls out, pretty sweaty, kind of <laughs> pretty, pretty tough stuff, you know. Fantastic.
2: Right, <laughs> just what AFLs, yeah, should be about.
0: Exactly. That's right. Very in the spirit. You know, they've all grown up uh, in Melbourne as well, so um yeah, they know it inside out, which is which is important to us still as well. So um when is
1: the AFL game going to hit the shelves? Oh, when can we question. expect to go buy it?
0: People are know? saying um, <laughs> I've seen, see, I've seen people saying uh, April thirtieth, haven't they, or something? Uh, I noticed um, <laughs> recently. Look, uh, it's hard, it's hard to know the uh, exact street date for it. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. it's been officially announced. Still, I'm not sure. Stores, I think you get that situation where everyone uh, says different dates. Stores are saying one thing, and different stores say say different things and, you know, we, uh, we know where we're at with, with the publisher, but then there's, you know, distribution and um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's obviously going to be around the end of April. Uh, I, Fair I can't say a few weeks either way yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the good the thing um, is you can, you can pre-order it, and uh, I think pre-orders actually help get it in uh, a little bit quicker as well because they, uh, they may be able to, uh, yeah, ship enough numbers everywhere or something like that. So pre-ordering is uh yeah is the best way to to get it as soon as it hits. Great.
1: Yeah, the um the true blue site says coming soon. So coming so
0: soon, right. that's pretty, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty, pretty least, least. Anyway. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> so
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, amphi- it's, it's definitely going to be out at
0: some point. It's yeah, that's right. We can we can say that um you know the game is finished. So the you know that's we know that much. <laughs>
1: Is, is there any plans for any DLC in the future or anything like I that?
0: Think, I think that might be a thing for the, um, the sequels. I believe that's in, in, in the se- in the sequel basket as far as I know. Cool. How, how much these games may or may not get patched, I wouldn't know. Uh, Big Ant, the other studio, have been looking after the um, the high-end versions and doing an awesome job on those. Um, the other ones privy to what's happening with the DLC and the sequels and that kind of thing. Uh it's not, yeah, as far trying. as I know, in, in this, this generation. But um, it's obviously, you know, certainly it does so much for those other sports games um, out there. You know, it's a, it's a pretty awesome feature to keep up to date with all the teams as they move. So, uh, you know, it's it's been discussed many times and is certainly on the cards, though. All right. So sound, we, we that mentioned... Was, you sounded like you didn't believe me for a second. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I was reading a message from... Um... From Lucas, so <laughs> earlier we, we mentioned the rugby union game for iOS. You guys got a grant from Film Victoria to do that. We yes. we were
0: lucky enough to receive some support from the local government. That's right, which is which is That's awesome. Cool. Um, we um, yeah, um, so basically, so sorry, <laughs> Keep ahead, No, you go. <laughs> I was going to say, what's what's the process to apply for, for that grant? I had a Feeling you might um, ask that uh, there, there, is, there is a bit of a process actually. Um, usually, this one was the Film Victoria Digital Media Fund, um, the, the DMF, and that grant. You know, those guys are uh, carefully. You know, they get allocated their government budget. and They carefully allocate some funding, luckily enough, to um, studios around the place for various kind of uh, commercial endeavors basically what you have to do is you've got to demonstrate to them that you know you've got the ability to make a game because it's a pretty specialist kind of area so you need to be able to show that you you can do it and have done it and have um you know everything you need to do it and have the teams and so forth you've got to quite seriously plan out the project along with the budget and um and demonstrate you know that and make it very clear to everyone what's going on and make sure you think of everything to do with the the production of the game um, and have have a plan for it, provide a path to market, show how you're going to sell the game, Um, you know, you you give business strategies and marketing plans and a whole heap of kind of stuff to state your case, basically, for it. Um, I suppose it's kind of like
1: applying for a business loan at a bank, you have to take in a... Business plan and stuff like that, I guess so
0: it, it's to be like a tender uh, situation. I think where you yeah. know, you put, put forward your case, and you also have to have some business interests and you know contribute to the the funding yourself or with, with other investors as well. So the whole thing has to kind of they they're not going to just put money into you know something that won't won't fly. They they're quite careful, and you know they're experts in the area as well. Um, so they kind of know what they're doing and make sure that they team up in the right way and give all the right kind of support where they can both financial and advisory as well to uh, mm-hmm. you know grow the industry in the country and you know sell the things locally and overseas to you know to to make successes and create more jobs and all that kind of good stuff. It's pretty awesome that Film Victoria do that. I
1: think the the Queensland government have something as well but I have no idea about it.
0: <laughs> that's right. There's a, that's right. There. Yeah, that's right. There's a few. There's a few things um, going on. The Game Developers Association of Australia, which I've uh, been a part of for quite a long time, uh, work with um, the various state and federal governments uh, with all this kind of stuff. So it's um, it's good that we have an open eared government who is willing to look at it and um, consider supporting us. And indeed. Um, does support us around the place in various ways. Uh, Victoria's long been a supporter of that and that's why you know it's had such a strong games industry for a long time. And um Queensland yeah. has also been strong over the years as as, as, well, and as well and still is.
2: Well, I guess you know that that uh pretty much wraps up what you know what's coming for the future. Is there anything else you guys are
0: currently working on that you can talk about? Uh, um there is something we're working on a few things None of which I can talk about, but <laughs> yes, gold mine <laughs> oh, that's right, but um I can say that we are doing uh, an independent title this year, which is a really exciting uh uh three d beautiful looking uh puzzle game with a kind of cute story and um beautiful effects and so forth so we're we're definitely putting some love creatively into um this title that is looking to be released later in the year. Um, we for have been doing iPod, stuff. iOS. Yes, that's right. That right. is that is headed for, the, yep. head, headed for the same the same platform for, iPad, iPhone, Android, and beyond kind of thing. Um, cool, cool. We've also we're also into apparel, and um, clothing. Would you believe? Wow. Uh, yeah, just like everyone, we're um doing 3D visualizations. You need, you need to wear clothes. We've got got to help everyone look good Um, So we've been doing some um, kind of pretty high-tech stuff um, That I can't talk too much about With uh, visualizations for stores Where you kind of go in and you get to view all your clothings And adjust them in 3D real-time stuff With uh, all sorts of crazy camera and touch screen technology So we're doing a whole heap of high-tech stuff On that side of things Oh, yeah. and also um you know uh, as if that wasn't enough we're also um pretty keen on the nintendo 3ds and um we're going to be um doing some research and development in, in, into that platform as well in the very near future because it's a pretty exciting uh, thing i played it at e3 the um, the 3ds and uh, i hadn't i hadn't been moved by a video game console um, in quite that way for quite some time it was very cool. So I'm pretty excited about that as well. Oh, yeah. So I think I think we'll we'll do something there. Hopefully.
2: Yeah, we've just had a, uh, an article Sorry. put up by one of our guys. Uh, he got a bit of hands-on time with the 3ds, and yeah, he, he was pretty impressed with it as well. So you can't. Uh,
0: I think every everybody is impressed. You can't. You cannot be unimpressed. You mm. must be impressed with it. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's um, it, it's pretty it's pretty amazing that screen technology for a start and. The titles they have and what it can do with the augmented reality side of things as well, it's um, it, it's going to be awesome, I'm I'm pretty looking forward to getting one myself and getting a the handful of titles that are going to be out for it for, yeah, um,
2: true, well it's
0: not too yeah, we far hurry away you better hurry up and make some awesome games on it
2: yeah, that's right, actually I can't wait to see 3D AFL that would be good
0: there you go, that's right
2: yeah, that would be a fantastic uh, game to get yeah. out there
0: imagine that we've, we've spoken about that 3D just makes everything better it's that extra dimension we were talking well, about Oh that's
2: anyway. right yeah that extra D the heavy D
0: that's, right.
2: yeah. that's right it's like
0: yeah I'd love it's, to see a 3D specky. that's right uh, I, I played the I played the sample of uh, um, I think it was Metal Gear Solid where uh, yeah the character kind of hits the ground and, and rolls around and you know um, the, 3, the 3D effect of all the grass and stuff coming up close uh, is pretty awesome you can wow. kind of taste the dirt in AFL terms. <laughs> nice. That's what so you'll the, be able to do. Taste so taste the dirt in the 3 yeah. version. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> well, mate, uh, that, that pretty much um, you know, wraps up the questions we've got. It, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on board. It really has.
0: Hey, it's um, cool to hang out with you guys and, uh, and have a chat and a laugh. I've enjoyed it.
2: Fantastic. Well, uh, we are definitely looking forward to the AFL and the Wii, as well as on the other consoles. But um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to having that more interactive play that the Wii can offer. So
0: that's going to be fun for us. Absolutely. There's uh, heap, heaps of info coming out on our Facebook and Twitter feeds as well. You know, you, everyone can keep up to date and ask as many questions as you like, and uh, we'll be we'll be with everyone from this release and um, all the other releases after that. Great. Sounds very good. All Something right.
2: we also like to to offer is uh, we'll give you a couple of moments to, you know, say good day and shout outs to anybody you want to. So take it away. Ah some
0: shout outs. I could do a couple of shout outs, I I suppose, um, to anyone who's listening. And it'd have to be to the guys who've been involved in this game to start with, to uh, True Blue and the AFL and our buddies at Big Ant Studios as well who've been working on the other ones. We've um, you know Good friends with everyone involved, the indie developers and uh, studios around like Tin Man Games and Zero One Animation, are, uh, you know, we team up very often on projects from time to time, so you'll be talking to those guys soon as well, I'm sure. Great.
2: Yeah, sounds very good. All right, mate. Cheers, thanks, guys. Thanks again. <laughs> All right, welcome back hope you enjoyed our interview there with Daniel Visser uh, we had fun it was a great great chance to sit back over Skype and you know, share a beer with him which was fantastic and uh, yeah. yeah I hope you guys enjoyed it as well so anyway moving right along uh, we're not far from finishing up now so we'll uh, we'll crack on and get that done and then you know, let you guys
1: closing time
2: <laughs> exactly we'll let you guys uh, okay. get, get stuck into uh, episode 10 in a few days anyway so
1: AFL Tipping Comp,
2: That's the man, one. big one,
1: loving it, loving it, loving yeah. it. The first round's just finished. We're recording this on Monday night.
2: Straight after round uh, one.
1: Yep, round one's finished. I am sitting at the top of the ladder, barely. Just. There's about six or seven people who are tied with um, six out of eight correct tips, for those who know how a tipping competition works. I'm winning because of margins. Ha <laughs> 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 suck it. If you think you can knock me off my arrogant perch, feel free to sign up. Yeah. Uh, because even though round one is already done, you can still sign up, and you still will have a great chance to win stuff. So to so get involved, get on board. That's right. It's not
2: hard. Yeah. It takes two minutes to get sorted out. Uh, we've got a couple of people in there that have openly admitted that they have no idea about AFL football or how to do tipping, but they just want to be involved so good on them yep. welcome aboard
1: you know it's going to be a fun year anyway regardless so bring it on and yeah, we'll have some we've got some cool shit lined up to give away too that's right just quietly mm-hmm. so if you like winning things get on board because we are giving away prizes during the season randomly the details are on the website so get there
2: Alright, so yep. the other competition that we had running was the uh, the Tin Man Games Gamebook Adventure 5 which was the newest one that was just recently brought out and we decided to do a quick uh, you know, uh, Twitter for questions I suppose and you know, email in your questions and we'll read them out on this podcast. So we did have a fair few come in and just in the mind frame, I suppose, of not dragging you through every one of the questions. We've chosen three of them, and we thought, you know, we'll we'll go through them, we'll answer the questions, and then we'll let you know who we thought win, and they have already got their prize, so it'll be no surprise to them. To everybody else, this is the reason why you didn't get one. So, (laughs) anyway, uh, (laughs) the first question, Matt, came from Phil. Okay. Did you guys have any future plans for the website uh, slash podcast? If so, what are they?
1: Well, funny you should ask, Mr. Phil. <laughs> we do have plans for the website. However, they're top secret, so I'm not going to tell anyone. <laughs> Mainly because I'm terrible, a terrible procrastinator. <laughs> so I don't have people on my back going, when are you going to have that thing? done?" That's right. But one thing that I can say is that the podcast, we have a reformatted... Reformat? Format? (laughs) (laughs) Enhanced. Uh, Yeah, we've got a new format ready to go. All um, professional and shit for episode 10. (laughs) That's right. We have Susie Kate, who is with us on episode 8. She is now joining us permanently from episode 10, which will be fantastic to have a nice... More girly voice than even Lucas's <laughs> voice joining us, which is fantastic. Yeah,
2: I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and and the beauty of it is as well that we're keeping it in house to Brisbane, as you know. Anybody listening to this who's listened to it for the first few, you know, we did have Jamie on board, and he was a Brisbane boy, and now we've got Susie Kate, who's a Brisbane girl. So it's good to keep it in Brizzy, and you know, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully, what Susie brought on her episode eight with us will be continued, and she can bring it every week and keep us on the straight and narrow and without fucking around and going off topic all the time, possibly.
1: So, anyway, so the
2: other question, et cetera. Mm.
1: Yes, KZ when or KZ when? I don't know. Anyway, that's what how I'm reading it. How it says (laughs) Um, they asked why Drop Bear? Why do we have our name as Drop Bear Gaming?
2: All right, so. This basically is a you know, a, a story, a made-up uh, you know, child story, I guess, that people tell backpackers and you know, pretty much anybody who is in Australia that you know, is not from Australia and don't know a heck of a lot, everybody knows about the fact that Australia's got some of the deadliest creatures and animals in the world, because we do, and they will fuck you up, so... It was, uh, you know, (laughs) basically one of those, um, you know, what do they call them? Fuck. A myth. fable?
1: Yeah, myth. fable,
2: whatever. That was pretty much created just to scare tourists. And, you know, if you're going into the bush, you know, or if, if you know somebody who's going into the bush, you always say to them, watch out for the drop bears, because they're pretty much a rabid, uh koala that drops from the trees and eats your head so they're pretty nuts but you know, they are just a made up thing and we called our site or are
1: they <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we called our site Drophead Gaming for the simple fact that if you're Australian you will recognise it um, and if you're not and the logo looks fucking cool as. that's right, exactly so that's, that's pretty much the reason and if you come to Australia, do be careful of the drop bears, but in the meantime, just watch drop bear gaming. Anyway, um, and finally, uh, the last of the questions that we're going to read out is from PGP. Uh, Do you think the iPad's new processor will change the face of the iOS gaming? So with the iPad 2 just recently being released, do you want me to go ahead and answer this one, Matt?
1: Well, it's funny because I saw something recently. Firemint announced that the Real Racing Two for the iPad only got released like two weeks ago, right? Yep. And um, they've they've come out and said that you can plug your iPad Two into your TV. I think that's right. Or maybe it's maybe it's via the air, whatever, something. Anyway, you can watch, you can play Real Racing 2 1080p mm. streaming from your iPad, which is pretty cool.
2: It is. But, but I can't see having
1: that. Having said that, I don't think it's that big of a difference. Exactly.
2: Yeah. I can't see that being a big selling point, to be honest. And from the specs that I've seen, they haven't really upgraded too much, except for the well, CPU so
1: my TV doesn't have an accelerometer in it anyway or a gyro (laughs) so I can't really steer in real racing too with my TV plus you should want to have some big arms
2: to be able to do that yeah man that wouldn't be too cool one lap and you'd look like Arnold Schwarzenegger
1: (laughs) or you'd be dead yeah
2: one or the other you would have dropped your TV and be really pissed off
1: (laughs) and you'd be like oh shit turn (laughs) anyway I don't think it's that big of a going to make that big of a difference but it remains to be
2: seen yeah exactly that's right i mean i think what we might end up seeing is uh you know a few more pixels being able to be punched out on a screen but the problem that they're going to come into now is you know companies are going to create this you know super high res or whatever for the ipad 2 does that mean that people won't be able to get it for the original iPad I mean that's cutting out a
1: very large section of uh, you know, of the consumer yeah. market you know, it, it that's the same thing that happened with the iPhone 4 though true because the retina display there's a lot of apps out there a lot of games that play on iPhone 4 OS that use anyway whatever backwards compatibility you can't fuck around with that shit true yeah, exactly. It's a different kind That's, of fish, so. that's real talk.
2: <laughs> so anyway, that's our questions. I um, hope we uh, you know, gave you a little bit of an answer that, uh, you know, tides you over. So anyway...
1: The winner, the winner was... was <laughs> that was my drum roll. <laughs> <when, K-Z-1. laughs>
2: that's right. And I bet you...
1: K-Z-1. Yeah,
2: I bet you by now they've finished the, the uh, Gamebook 5. So I hope they enjoyed it and... I uh, I hope that uh, they're able to send in some more questions, which would be great.
1: Yeah, anyone anyone out there who does want to send us a question, um, you probably might not win something, except our love and appreciation, and your ability to hear your now, own uh, name. <laughs> 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 yeah, you can hear your name on the podcast. Right. That would be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> sorry, <coughs> uh, he's just finally had his voice break. If if you want to <laughs> leave. If you want to send us questions, podcast at dropbeargaming.com. Thanks, Luke. Anytime.
2: So that was podcast at dropbeargaming.com. So send us some questions, for Christ's sake.
1: Also, iTunes reviews. Um, Australian iTunes store, we have nothing. Right, hang on a sec. I'm just opening the US. Not even a rating. Seriously, not even a rating. That's great. I'm pretty sure on last time I looked at the US one, there was two ratings. We had an average of four and a half stars. No shit. The US iTunes store, we still only have one. I did look at it on my iPod the other day, though, and it showed me... On iTunes, it says that there's not enough ratings to display an average for the podcast. But if I looked at it on my iPod, it came up saying that we had two ratings, which were four stars and one was five stars. Nice. So I have no idea who left that five-star rating, but we do appreciate it. If the rest of you guys who listen want to do that as well... That would be fantastic. It would. It would be
2: nice to get some feedback. It would be nice to be told uh, what we can do to improve this podcast. And from episode 10, we're going to be doing our best to do that. So leave a review and see in a couple of days how pleasantly surprised you are. And tell all your friends. Yes, do that. Tell them all
1: (laughs) about Dropping a Game. That's right.
2: So a couple of quick shout-outs before we finish up. Um I'd like to give a shout out first of all to Daniel Visser. Uh a big thank you for coming on and uh, and having an interview with us. He's been very busy lately so he was uh you know it was good for him to you know put aside a bit of time and and you know have a bit of a sit down chat with us. So thanks very much Daniel. Um also a shout out to Susie Kate and you guys will you know be able to get to know her a little bit more uh from episode 10 onwards.
1: Tin Man Games. Thank you very much to those guys for giving us the Game Adventure Five code and for being all around awesome dudes, Neil and Ben, you are champions. True. You can follow them at Tin Man Games on Twitter and you can buy all their game books on the iTunes app store. And they're
2: all worth it. So do it.
1: Yep. And also a quick shout out to Podesta nineteen seventy one who is always tweeting. It's very good. Yeah, so jump on uh, jump I on enjoy.
2: Twitter and get involved with that.
1: <laughs> I like it when people tweet me. It <laughs> makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Oh,
2: dear. Uh, <laughs> yep. And just a, uh, a last quick shout-out to John Ison. Uh, I had a bit of a chat. A new American friend of ours, and hopefully soon to be uh, you know, a big part of the Dropbear Gaming community. So welcome to him. Alright, so yep, that's pretty much that's it. it, that's episode 9 We're going to piss off now, like we said we didn't want this to take too long because it is our second recording and as you may have recognised we did kind of forget some of the uh, the news that we had to report on anyway so come back in a few days we're having a big week this week uh, there is Supernova on in Brisbane so you might want to go and have a check that out, um, we've got the launch of the 3DS which we're going to talk about in episode 10, we're going along to the midnight release so get on board, from episode ten, you will be loving this shit. So that's a good night from me. Yep.
1: Don't forget to get on the AFL tipping comp. Goodbye from me, Matt. Boom. Out. <laughs>